Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And Webster is the member for Mallee, and it's a pretty challenging situation in the northwest of Victoria. People are staying afloat, I hope. Uh, Look, they are, as far as I'm aware. I know there are... Uh, threats of houses going under, which is deeply concerning, and um, levies being built and levies being requested. I know I've been talking with the IWC and um, Jacqueline Symes' office, as well as Murray Watt, over the last few weeks. Just you know, whenever anyone contacts me and says they're not getting anywhere, um, I'll step up and, uh, even though it's state managed and local, of course, and SES. Uh, just another voice in the mix to say, look, we need to really look at this or can you contact someone about this particular issue? Because um, there's nothing worse than fear and the anxiety of having your home flooded or not being able to get to work for two or three weeks is really deeply disruptive. And I noticed uh, you made some social media commentary. It's always nice to pick these up when they happen that Murray Watts' office has been pretty constructive and helpful when you've reached out. Yes, he, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've got to give him credit for that. Not every minister calls you back. Um, and, you know, I understand that he's busy. I understand there are floods all over the eastern seaboard and into the, um, you know, further in, inland. So there's a lot of work to be done. But uh, progress must be made on recovery once we're through this. But, it, it, look, honestly, it could be another month um, or two before we're really at the at the stage where recover, proper recovery can be made. There's no point repairing, you know, kilometres, hundreds of kilometres of bitumen uh, when flood water hasn't actually finished going through yet. Yeah, I notice in Mildura they're still working on the levees and now some road closures are about to happen. So uh, I guess mm. you mentioned that earlier, councils were reaching out for work on the levees. Had they been calling out for that assistance for some time in the months and years prior and been heard nothing and then it sort of, as the emergency developed, suddenly the earthworks were happening? Look, um, down in Maryborough, Central Goldfields is one place that I know the Carisbrook levee has been an issue and we've, we've funded... Um, a significant amount of money down there to get that levy completed. And I went down to a Carisbrook um, public meeting where people were pretty cross and cranky, understandably, that the levy hadn't been thoroughly finished. Um, however, it was managed. And uh, look, I think, yeah, these things are complex, they're unknown, some are known and need to be planned for. But, for example, in Donald, uh, the Donald community put a levy um, at, at a street because there was no levy there. And so they just built one. And jolly good thing, because when I was there, the water was right up nearly the, to the top of it. Well, I think you're a National Party's uh, uh, Victorian leader. Even his own electoral promotional bags, his tote bags were grabbed as sandbags to help in the local area. People grabbing what they could. Well, it's nice to know they're useful. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of promotion for the effort of the national supporting levies and sandbags in the process. Yeah, why not? I don't know who thought of that one, but um, I've just got to give a shout-out to Globo Rotor Moulding, who have also uh, put together polymer um, funnels 
so that people can more easily and quickly, efficiently fill sandbags and move on. And uh, if you've got a cement mixer pouring the sand, it's even quicker. So not everybody has that access, but the funnels are definitely available and um, I've urged every council to reach out and grab some because they're being donated by uh, Kelvin at Globo Rotor Moulding. Excellent work. Look, uh, that's the local electorate stuff that's always incredibly important, particularly at times like this, but the work went on in Canberra last week in terms of estimates and uh, interestingly, while we're talking about flooding, it's still the work of the Murray-Darling Basin Plan and making sure we've got enough water to go down the river. Yeah, look, it remains and I guess always will remain a uh, topic of contention and um, the 450 GL under the socioeconomic assessment criteria is not um, under discussion at this point in time, but the Minister Plibersek has stated that she is um, in agreement with the Basin States calling for the 46 GL of surface water and 3 GL of groundwater um, to be brought back as a matter of priority under the program or the target bridging the gap. Um, so that those buybacks are not in Victoria. They are in the Condamine Balone in Queensland, the Barwon Darling, um, the Border Rivers, the Namoy, Lachlan and Murray Valleys in New South Wales and ACT. Uh, I, I think the point needs to be made though, Ricky, that, that buybacks hurt regional communities. It's, uh, it leaves a patchwork quilt of land that can be used and irrigated and that which cannot. And um, it's just not a... We are absolutely not in favour um, of buybacks. There are other ways in which to gain that water back, whether it's uh, water infrastructure projects, which we absolutely endorse. And um, I just would urge the government to rethink their plan. We spoke with the New South Wales Irrigators Council late last week. She was uh, Claire Miller, the CEO, was a little sort of philosophical about this blank checkbook, as we've called it, that the government was given during the federal budget for buyback. She thought it might also go to efficiency measures, and hopefully, with the amount of water going down the basin, we may have a little bit of cause for pause. I know there was a push to pause the plan uh, and maybe not rush so hard into a 2024 deadline. Oh, look. Um, we were prepared to give a bit of um, grace to that period for those efficiency measures in New South Wales who, who were lagging behind. Um, but it would seem that the Labor government is not so keen. And you're right. What What is the cost? Nobody knows. It's all, you know, so much for transparency in government. Uh, we have no idea how much these buybacks are going to um, be to the taxpayer because it's the taxpayer that pays. Yeah, it certainly is. Now, someone who has been paying, I guess, collectively as farmers when it comes to labour shortages and uh, this dilemma of getting workers in from overseas when you just can't get Australians to do the work, especially in a tight labour market, there's been a glimmer of hope at least that one deal the Nationals and uh, Liberals did in coalition for importing workers might be respected by the Labor government. Yeah, absolutely. The ag visa, of course, was something that I um, had a lot of involvement in pushing and driving uh, with David Littleproud. It was part of the UK trade agreement that uh, the Liberal Party would accept that we need an ag visa and Vietnam was the first country to sign up to the MOU. It did not get completed, um, which I'm disappointed about, frankly, prior to the election. However, Labor have said that they will keep it on the table. That is good news. I mean, at the moment, we have the Palm Scheme, and, you know, it works in certain industries, as we know. 
but they have only brought in 10,800 workers on the PALM scheme. And I believe there are only about 40,000 that are even possible. We currently have a need for 172,000. So, you know, it's not going to come from the Pacific Islands. And um, I'm on the committee, I'm the deputy chair for the Immigration Committee, looking at bringing workers into Australia. So we're about to start a public inquiry on that. And um, I have pushed pretty hard for it not to be just about skilled workforce. It really concerns me that Labor's focus is on bringing in a skilled workforce. Yes, we need some skilled people because we don't have as many as we as we actually need, but we also need unskilled and semi-skilled. So uh, we've broadened the scope of the public inquiry now to be workers. So it can be unskilled, semi-skilled and skilled. And I think that's the way it needs to be. And I would deeply love to see more Asian countries part of that um, ag visa. That was certainly our intention. And uh, we'll see how we progress, how quickly or slowly the Labor Party moves on this. Well, it seems that Labor's commentary on this, whilst sort of there was a veneer of concern about exploitation of workers, it was really about the labour market and the view that, uh, you know, Australian workers should get this work. Maybe there was an opportunity they saw for a unionised workforce. We've seen union ideology, I guess, at the forefront in the last sitting week of Parliament on industrial relations. Do you think... Oh, my Lord, it has been phenomenal. I think there are, there is so much commentary out uh, in this last week on this. Even uh, today, the Australian Resources and Energy Employer Association CEO, Steve Knott, said these IR laws, industry relations laws, are not about jobs and wage increases, which is what Labor is speaking for. They are about union power and union revenue and ALP donations. Well said. Well said is all I can say. And uh, absolutely it is. Julian Lisa, the Shadow Attorney General, said um, that the Labor government has the three biggest donors to the Labor Party are unions, industry super funds and class action law firms. And so the uh, industry, industrial relations laws that they are trying to ram through government right now as inexpensive Innes Willock says, are fatally flawed. Um, Labor itself made 150 amendments before it shoved it through the lower house. It was extraordinary. We were sitting in the chamber pretty well for a day and a half going through amendment after amendment after amendment. Obviously, we made many amendments which fundamentally weren't accepted and the crossbench as well. So um, Labor have given just a few weeks uh, to scrutinise a 250-page bill with an additional 260-page explanatory memorandum. The Senate is rushing through two more days of uh, committee hearing, looking at it, and uh, the concern is that it will not assist with wage growth. You can't increase wages if you're not increasing productivity. It's something the Labor government just does not understand. It is by increasing productivity that we can increase wages. If you uh, go for multi-employer bargaining, industry-wide, what we will see is small businesses all across Mali, all across Australia, close. So we will increase our unemployment rate and, uh, you know, maybe there'll be some farm jobs come out of this. It's just a disaster. And it just seems to me that Labor's just settling accounts with some of those big backers, the unions in this, and really to yep. hell with the consequences, especially in Absolutely. regional Australia. 
Well, I mean, the report that the uh, leader of the opposition, Peter Dutton, gave in the House the other day was that $100 million has been donated to the Labor Party through those union entities since 2007. $100 million. Um, You know, surely that gives the average Australian cause to pause, as you said. Absolutely. Well, uh, we've got to keep moving. Anne Webster, thanks so much for joining us with an update on how the sitting week went in federal parliament and importantly, the flooding impacts in the electorate of Mallee. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Ricky. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.